0: Hey friends, my name is Alyssa Razor, and I am the founder of the online ministry, Magnified. And I want to welcome you to Season 2 of the Magnified podcast, Detecting the Lies, where our mission is to bring awareness to the battle in which you find yourself in every day. What is this battle? It is the battle for your soul. More than that, the battle is over how and where you use your energy. If Satan can take over your mind and heart and what affects your actions, he has won the battle. That is why this podcast is all about getting to the root of the lies we believe and how to fight back with the word of truth. Before we jump into today's episode, make sure and check us out on the Magnified Instagram and Facebook page at Magnified4016, where you can receive more encouragement on a weekly basis from me and my partner, Caitlin. Also, if you liked today's episode, make sure to give us a review and let us know what you thought of today's episode. I also want to bring to your attention that each week in the show notes, I place resources, songs relating to today's episode, and the scriptures that have been mentioned in the episode. That way, if you ever wonder what were the exact scriptures or the resources that I mentioned, you can find them all in one place in the show notes. You will also find in the show notes the two alerts that I mentioned in the episodes. These are just more ways on how to fight off the enemy and his lies that we face every day. The songs are just a bonus and a great source of truth when battling the lies of Satan. So now, with all of that being said, my dear friends, let's get ready to jump into today's episode and get ready to detect the lies together. Enjoy! Hello friends and welcome back to the Magnified Podcast to episode 2 of season 2. I am so grateful that you are here tonight and you are excited to jump into God's Word with me and just learn all we can. And before we move on much more, I just want to say that if I say tonight, it's because I usually record my podcast episodes at night. So if you hear me say, you know, tonight or any form of night, that is why. It's because I record these at night. So if you're ever just like, why does she keep saying that? That is why. But before we get into tonight's wonderful episode, I would like to say a quick prayer. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much, Lord, that you are here and that you are alive and that you are active. God, I thank you that you love us so much and that you just desire to have a relationship with us. God, I pray you would open our hearts and minds and that we would just be able to learn all we can about you and who you say that you are and what you want and you desire for us to be. I pray that we would just get rid of all other distractions and that we would just look at you and be in awe of you tonight. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you that you are here, and it's in your great name I pray. Amen. So I don't know if you can tell, but my voice may sound a little weird. It may sound a little, like, almost raspy, and that is because I am still getting over a cold, so that might play into a little bit of how I sound tonight, or if I, you know, kind of, you hear some weird cutting, you know, in this episode, it might be because I had to cough at some point, and I don't want you all hearing me cough a million times, but I am still excited to get into tonight's episode, and I gotta say, this episode is all God, so if you're listening to this... Please know that it is by God's great goodness that I am recording this episode tonight. I just, I mean, one thing that I love about these podcasts is just how much it's not even just beneficial for you all, but it's so beneficial for not only me, but for Caitlin as well, and how God is working in our lives behind the scenes of what you guys see, and it's its really, really crazy, and I would love to maybe make an episode one day about all the craziness that God has brought Caitlin and I through to make these episodes for you all like every other week. I think the episode themselves is a small product of what God is truly doing in the life of this ministry, Magnified, and the podcast. So that's kind of a side note, but I just want to say welcome to today's episode. I'm so glad you guys are here, and the lie that we are jumping into tonight is the lie, I need blank to be happy. So fill in the blank there. I need blank to be Happy, And I think underneath this lie is also the belief that whatever this object is, whatever it is that we think will make us happy, we believe that it will satisfy us. And I think that's also the lure that Satan will try to catch us with is that this object or this person or whatever the thing may be that we're filling that blank in with, we think it's going to satisfy us. We think it is going to fill something inside of us that we are longing for. And something that we're going to discover tonight is that that longing is a God-given hole for humanity. We are all searching for something More And it says, I believe in Hebrews, that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men, meaning that he has put inside of us a desire to seek him out and to find truth and to have that hole filled in us with him. It is supposed to be a hole that points to him and that we're supposed to fill up with his goodness. And so Satan's goal with this lie to get us to believe that we need this thing to satisfy us, we need this thing to make us happy, is that Satan uses right now distractions to move us away from our true purpose as Christians. So our true purpose in Christ which is to love and bring others to Christ. So Satan's goal with this whole lie of making us believe that this thing is going to satisfy us is to use right now distractions to move us away from our true purpose as Christians, which is to love and bring others to Christ. So this is really crazy. It's something that God was really showing me about this podcast season in particular. Because if you haven't heard in episode one for season two, I kind of explained that this season has this underlining theme of relating the spiritual world to the physical world. So our first episode was all about what true beauty is and how the lie, I am ugly, underneath is about finding the acceptance from others. So it it was about how we find acceptance in Christ. And that was like our first physical thing, right? Of that beauty, I am ugly. Tonight's lie that we're going talking about is kind of like that need to satisfy our flesh. The flesh is our sinfulness. And the spirit side of us is our spiritual side, our Christian side, the thing that's being renewed in us daily by Christ. And so this lie that I need need this to be happy or I need to be satisfied is kind of that instant gratification that our flesh desires. And I wouldn't say that this instant gratification is always a bad thing because I think to a certain degree it keeps us alive. Like the instant gratification that we need to fill our hunger or to get rid of pain or certain things like that in our body. I think that is when it is used in a good thing. Also to a certain degree, well we'll go into this a little bit later, is that these things that we think we need to make us happy or think that we will satisfy are not all bad things. I would say almost all of them are good gifts that God has given us to enjoy here on earth, but it's only when we use them in the wrong way or with the wrong motive, that's when they become a problem. That's when it is wrong and they become a sin. So I want to go right ahead and jump into these distractions that Satan will try to throw at us to make us divert our attention off of God and onto these things. With the things I'm about to read, you could probably add so much more onto the list, but Satan uses those things to get our attention off of God and onto ourselves. And in turn, it turns our worship away from God and onto the objects. If we're not careful, these objects that we think will satisfy us or make us happy can very easily become idols in our lives. So as we are going through this list, perhaps be thinking, you know, am I giving my full attention to these things? Do I look to these things to make me happy? Do I look to these things to satisfy me? And to kind of give a real-life example, something that I've been thinking in the back of my head as I'm preparing for this podcast... So an instance that I want to give you is that if I come home from like a long day, let's say, or if I come home from a certain event that has just drained me or I'm tired from, I will almost instantly go to my phone and just check notifications and just go on YouTube or go on Instagram, Facebook, whatever is there to numb me and to help me relax and to help me unwind and like i said just a minute ago none of this stuff is bad it's only when you use it in a certain way does it become a bad thing and an idol in our lives So that is just a real life example that you could perhaps apply to yourself and maybe start to think, you know, what do I do when I'm bored? What do I do when I'm tired? What do I do when I want to unwind? What do I do when I want to forget the world for a few minutes? What are these things and do I have a healthy habit with them or is it like a bad habit that I have that I need to break? So I'm going to read the list to you all now and just be thinking, like I said. So the first thing I thought of for us that we think will make us happy or satisfy us in the moment is food. I know I myself can get so caught up into this, is just that instant gratification of food. You know, we think about it, we long for it, we desire it. I think even for myself, I can, like, plan my meals out and then just be thinking about them all day. And that's not a bad thing, but it can turn into gluttony of having the food control us rather than God and I think that is something that we can say for all these things on the list is that when they control us that's when we know it's a problem so the first thing is food and the next thing is our hobbies so do we look to our hobbies to satisfy us and to make us happy so this can be sports theater, showing animals. and people do 4-H. You know, our hobbies that we do, you know, our crafting, our musical instruments, all of those kind of hobbies. Do we look to those things to make us happy and satisfy us? The third thing is our phones. And this is what I was just saying about the example I gave is do we turn to our phones to feel satisfied and happy or to numb out feelings of the world? Do we go to Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, be real, all of these social media platforms can be used for good right but they can be such a time sucker and can take so much time away from what we're actually supposed to be doing i think the thing that makes it even more dangerous is that it's so convenient to us it's so convenient to pull up our phone for a minute and just check whatever it's so convenient to respond back to somebody to watch a 15 minute youtube video it's so convenient to do all these things that it makes it very dangerous And I know myself, I can easily look to these things, kind of just unplug from the world to relax for just a few minutes and kind of just procrastinate on whatever it is that I know I should rather be doing or what God is calling me to do. The next thing is TV and movies. You could say books. Gaming, online gaming, online shopping. You know, I know for myself that can be another big pitfall of kind of getting lost into the what if world. What if I could have this new thing? Or what if these needs that I think I need are actually just wants? That can also be very dangerous. So online shopping, or it can even be in person shopping. And then we have significant others. Do we look to our significant others to make us happy and to satisfy us? We have our gender identity. Do we look to that to secure us? love and acceptance from others, right? Do we place everything that we are in a person? And one last one that I want to mention on this list is self-care. And I know that this can be kind of a touchy subject. Honestly, it's still a subject that I'm still trying to figure out and try to figure out a healthy balance of how to do self-care in view of Christianity, right? So how do we have a healthy balance of self-care in Christianity? Here, though, is when I think self-care can go too far, and self-care can go too far when Like I said, when we start putting it above other things that we know God has called us, or when it starts becoming very me-centered, because I think it's okay to have a day to unwind, to relax a little bit. That is all very important. I mean, God wants us to definitely rest. I mean, that's partly what this episode is going to be about as we keep listening here. But it's when it becomes me-centered is when it becomes a problem. So out of all these things on the list, as I said before, none of these things are bad. They are all God-given things for us to enjoy here on earth, and God wants us to enjoy them. He doesn't want us to live this hard life of seriousness all the time. Like, he, he gave us good things to enjoy. He is a God of goodness, and it is only when we make them an idol and look to them to fulfill and make us happy When it becomes a problem. Because the thing is, all of these things on the list are temporary. None of them are ever going to be eternal. None of them can go with us when we die. None of them are going to be there in heaven. All of these things are fleeting. They're all temporary. They're all going to fade. And here is something else that makes these lists of things so dangerous. And it was something really eye-opening that I discovered as I was doing this podcast If Satan can use these things to distract us, right, to take us away from that ultimate purpose in Christ. And when we start idolizing these things, when we start giving our worship and praise to this thing that is not God, that does not fill the hole in our hearts, when we start giving praise and worship to this thing that becomes an idol is that it controls us and it affects our actions. Because like the food, if we're thinking about food all the time, we're always going to be thinking we're hungry or that we need it to feel satisfied or secured. Or if we always think that we need to be loved by someone or that we need to be accepted by someone, we need a significant other, we're always going to be chasing after those things. Our actions are always going to be acting upon those things that control us. And Satan wants nothing other than for us to be controlled by something other than God. And let me just step right there. God does not control us. It has to do with the worship. Where are we putting our worship? Where are we putting our attention on? Are we giving it to an inanimate object, something that was never meant to satisfy? Or are we putting it on Jesus Christ, who is the only one that can satisfy? And just for a minute... I want to take a moment to imagine, you know, what if we did just live our lives worshipping something other than God? What would happen if we did live that way? That is where I got to the point of where I discovered what season two is all about. In episode one, if you haven't heard, I explained that season two has this underlying theme of the spiritual relating to the physical right how the two go together how the spiritual relates to the physical because in the first episode we talked about our beauty right of that i am ugly in that lie we actually want to have the acceptance of others and so the first episode is about how to find that acceptance in christ but the other underlying theme that is a part of season two that God really revealed to me is our purpose as Christians is to love and point others to Christ. So almost all these episodes are going to have that underlying theme of Satan trying to use these lies in our life to keep us away from our purpose in him. And guys, this is huge. Satan is going to try to use everything he can to keep us away from spreading the love of Jesus with others and bringing others ultimately to Christ. And when I started asking, you know, why would Satan want to keep us away from our purpose? Why does he want that? And it's because if we live out our purpose, if we tell others about Christ, if we tell others about Jesus, if we point others to him, Satan loses. Satan loses if all of us are in heaven with Jesus one day. Now, of course, not everyone is going to make the decision to follow Christ. Of course, it's basically impossible to expect that every human being will be in heaven someday. However, That does not mean that we cannot give people the opportunity and the choice to know about Christ. Sin should never be a reason of why we don't share the gospel with someone else. The whole reason why Satan is telling us these lies and about our identity and about who we are in Jesus is so that we never live out the purpose so that he wins in the end and God doesn't. And my friends, if this does not make you excited or powered up i don't know what else will because this makes me want to just go against every instinct i have not to share the gospel with someone And i know for me like fear can get in the way all the time but i just want to take the moment right now to encourage you to move past that fear to move past whatever Ever obstacle you think is in the way and hand it over to god especially especially if you know he is calling you to do something in his kingdom because my friends it'll be worth it in the end it is so much more worth it to see one soul saved than to not so to kind of conclude this thought i just want to say that satan uses these distractions in our life because if we're too busy running after other things we can't be focused on what god is calling us to do so what do we do instead right? How do we move out of this way of running after things that will never satisfy? So to help us kind of discover what we should be doing instead, I want to first look at and really understand what it is we're actually seeking after when we run after things of this world, right? When we are going after the things I read on the list, our food, our hobbies, TV shows, books, instruments, whatever it may be, I want to take a minute to actually tell you what we as humans are looking for. So the first thing that we are looking for when we chase after things, when we think something's going to make us happy, or when we need something to satisfy us in the moment, the first thing that we are searching for is something that satisfies, that Jesus sighs whole in our heart. So we are actually trying to fulfill what only God can fill. And that's why, you know, like I said, those things in this world will never satisfy. But more than that, that hole in our heart is longing for eternity. It's longing for something more than this world has to offer. And I don't remember who said it, but I was listening to a podcast recently and she was saying, you know, whenever I have these feelings of wanting to be instantly, you know, like I'm saying, instantly gratified, she sees it as her heart is actually telling her that she wants something more, that her heart was not made to live in this world. I think that is Quite true. I think whenever we need to be satisfied, I think ultimately we are looking to be satisfied by Jesus. The second thing that I believe that we are searching for when we just want that instant gratification something that will satisfy us is that we are seeking rest, peace, joy, comfort, love, and acceptance. We are looking for that security. I think that's what we're looking for is that we're looking for something to just comfort us in the moment and help us get through whatever it is that we are currently facing. But more than that, I think we are really seeking rest, peace, and joy. And that's what we're going to focus on for the rest of this podcast episode, is where do we find this peace, rest, and joy that only Jesus can satisfy? To find these answers, we're going to be in two places in Scripture. And the first place that I want to look at is Psalm 42. So starting with verse one, it says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one, with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. So Psalm 42 starts here with, As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Where can I go and meet with God? So the first thing that we see here is this is the sons of Korah writing this song and they're saying our hearts and our souls they're longing for the living god just as a deer pants for the water and pants shows this act of being severely thirsty right if you're panting it's because you're so thirsty and you're so hot and you're so worn out that you need that water very desperately and if you don't get that water soon it could be fatal. I mean, it really could. If we go for a certain amount of time without water, it could be fatal. The first point that I want to point out today about this scripture is our thirst for God is compared to water. That is what is ultimately happening, especially in the first parts of these verses here. The second passage of scripture that i want to look at is John chapter 4. And this is the woman at the well story. Leading up to these verses that I'm going to read here, it's going to be verses 10 through 13. But before this happens, Jesus has left Judea and is going to Galilee. But first he stops in the city of Sychar in Samaria. And his disciples go into town to buy food and he is wearied and tired from the trip. So he sits down at Jacob's well outside of Sakkar. A woman comes out to draw water. If you know anything about that time period, this is very different for that time because usually women came out in the morning when it was the coolest and with a group of women. So this woman's coming out in the middle of the day. It's the hottest part of the day and by herself. So clearly is not quite right here. He strikes up a conversation with her, and he asks her for a drink, and she's all confused because she's like, you know, Samaritans don't interact with Jews; like they hate each other. Like, why are you asking me for a drink? Then he tells her, "If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked Him, and He would have given you living water." Verses that I want to read now is verse 11 through 13, and it says, "Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water?" Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So this whole account takes place about water. There's the well there. He asks her for a drink. She's drawing up water from this well and he starts talking about living water and she's all like what is this living water you're talking about And there is a little bit of a background there that I read in a commentary about. At that time, they did consider uh, living water. They often saw it as like underground springs that would just kind of bubble up or spring out. They saw that as living water and that it was from God, like it was God who stirred it up or something like that. But he's clearly not talking about that. He's talking about this living water that he's going to give her so that she'll never have to thirst again. For the point being, tonight... I want to really focus on that verse 13 where he says, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So he's saying, This water right here in this well, it's going to make you thirsty again. Like you're going to have to come back every day just as you have been to get this water if you're going to only drink from this physical water. But Jesus is not talking this physical water. But if you drink the water I give you, you will never thirst again. So Jesus is talking about a spiritual side, a spiritual filling up of his spirit. We are going to be filled up on his spirit, and filled up on who he is. We will never run dry. So then the next question logically becomes, how can we fill up on Jesus? How can we be filled with his living waters? How can we be filled with his spirit? And the first obvious way is for us to accept his salvation, to come into relationship with him. I mean, that's how we receive his gifts of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2:38 says, "Repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, and then you will receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit." So this is that first step that we take if we want to be filled truly with his spirit and with the living waters another verse is i think from john 14 but he says i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me so he's the life he is the way to eternal life in him like he's the way to heaven he is the way to ultimate life something that is ultimately going to satisfy us after we become christians right after we've been living this life with jesus now that we have the holy spirit dwelling in us how do we stay filled up how do we stay filled up in the spirit and have him satisfy us every day with all of his goodness love and mercy the first way may seem very obvious but it's to be reading god's word be having those quiet times with him every day and to making it a priority to hear from him daily to even speak with him right to pray with him to foster and care in this relationship that we have with Jesus. And this was something in the Psalms that we read with the sons of Korah in Psalm 42. Where they said, you know, how I long to go to the house of the Lord and to worship. And how I used to go there. He's missing that quality time that he spent with God. With having that connection and being able just to worship him and to praise him sometimes for myself, I can make up excuses to not spend this quality time with Jesus. I don't feel like reading my Bible, or I don't have time today, or I deserve a grace day. These are all excuses that I make up, and they're also just excuses that Satan puts in our head of why we shouldn't spend this time with God. I think if we are looking at them in this way, we're looking at it all wrong. If we're looking at our relationship with God as something to check off the box, as something that we just feel obligated to do, then we're looking at it all the wrong way our quiet time with god is supposed to be about a relationship satisfying that thirst for the day and to be fed by him and to be satisfied by him and to nourish our relationship with him and it's not about checking off a box it's not about just getting it done for the day it's about having a relationship with him and getting filled up and abiding with him something else if i'm being completely honest is that sometimes i am prone to Just push God away, to push Him away and say that it's good for other people but not for me. And my pride gets in the way, where I push Him away and think, No, I'm good enough. I am all that I need, and that I don't need God, and that I'm better than Him, and that I know what's best for me. And doing the most logical thing in the moment, even though He is supposed to be my priority, He is supposed to be my number one thing I worship, and not myself. I want to encourage you that if you have not been in the Word lately, if you've gotten off that track or that schedule that you've had for yourself or you've never even started, I want to encourage you to get back into it. Tomorrow's a new day. Wake up tomorrow morning, plan a little bit of time with him, and don't let your thoughts get in the way of nurturing your relationship with God. Because I bet you a gazillion thousand dollars that Satan is going to try everything he can to get you away from spending time in the Word with him. Satan does not want you to spend time in the Word with God. Why? Because it goes right back to what I said. Because if you start living like a Christian, oh boy, this is not good for Satan. This is not good news for Satan. if you start living like a Christian and start taking your faith seriously. This is not good because that means he's going to lose the fight, right? He is going to lose the battle. You're going to start walking in your true purpose as a Christian and he's going to lose. He's going to lose the battle and he doesn't want that because he wants to be God. He wants to be better than God. He doesn't want to lose the fight and so he's going to try everything he can to not make you read your Bible. So I encourage you to get back into the Word. There's some great great study tools out there some personal ones that i would recommend is the UVersion bible app there's tons of bible plans on there anything you want to learn they probably have it on there another great app i highly recommend is glorify and they have a daily devotion every day And then if you also want to listen to some other things that they have on there, they have some other meditations, declarations for yourself. They have, I wouldn't say affirmations, they might have affirmations, but they have music on there and they have like a reading of like certain psalms and just other little things like that that you can listen to if you don't want to do the daily devotion. But it's mostly just the daily devotion on there. I would recommend just choosing a book in the Bible that perhaps you've never read before or haven't read in a while or that you remember liking. Start with one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. You know, John is a great one. I know a lot of people recommend starting with John. Luke would also be a great one, but if you also like the short and get to the point version, you can do Mark. (laughs) Mark is that gospel that might help you if you are someone who just wants it straightforward. James is also another great book to start with. It's pretty simple to follow, but there's some deep concepts in there. So there's lots of great places to start in the Bible, and I would highly recommend that you just choose something. Just choose something and go with it. Don't overthink it. Don't do too much, because sometimes that gets us into trouble. Now, it is true that sometimes, you know, even asking God, you know, God, where, where do you want me to read today? What book should I start reading in the Bible? Asking those questions of God Is even probably a more fantastic idea than choosing something on your own. So just start. Start somewhere, get into the Word, and just start having that relationship, start fostering that relationship with God again. Something else that I do want to mention is inviting Jesus into the everyday. I kind of came up with a little bit of a list here of things that I do to just invite Jesus into my life, into other areas, and not just have it be, I can only experience Jesus in this quiet time, right? I can only experience Jesus if I read my Bible for the amount of time that I do every day, because that is very much not true. I think something that we as Christians can, I think, all get better at is prayer just praying throughout the day talking to him you know the bible says pray without ceasing I have to admit I used to be a little like well I can't do that I can't pray all the time which is not what he's saying he's not saying you you know you have to pray all like the time because I don't think it really is possible for us to pray all the time but I think it's possible for us to always acknowledge that God is there with us and to always have this open communication with him all day especially when we're faced with situations or decisions that we're not quite sure what to do if we're having that open communication with God all day long, it kind of creates this lifestyle of prayer and this lifestyle of always asking God, you know, what should I do next? What should I do with my time? This always open communication with him. And so I wrote down a few things that you can do to start bringing God into the everyday and start experiencing God in the everyday and kind of living this lifestyle of prayer. Something that I first wrote down, and I used to do this way more than I actually do now, but that is Bible journaling. Bible journaling is a great thing to do, especially if you're a creative person. Person and you need a hobby to start bible journaling is a great way to start experiencing god and just i used to turn on like worship music and i would just use that time to worship god and to experience him and i definitely did at times so bible journaling is a great way and like going off of that you know painting and creating in any way is a, a great time for us to turn on worship music or just invite god to you know give you the inspiration to create or to use that time to pray Another way is to go outside and enjoy God's creation in nature. You know, it can be something as simple as looking at the stars at night or watching the sunset or going for a walk around your neighborhood for like five minutes feeling the sunshine and the breeze and enjoying grass and the trees and just the different flowers in the neighborhood or you know being a butterfly like all of that is experiencing the goodness of God and him he can use such crazy things to get our attention and get us to just acknowledge him and be thankful for just something so simple so to kind of wrap this up getting into his word and creating a lifestyle of inviting God into the everyday creates this satisfaction of realizing that only he can satisfy everything that we're longing for. And I think that in the end, it will ultimately give us so much peace and so much hope and so much joy. And if we're constantly being filled by him, we're also going to be able to be able to pour out into other people and to do what God has called us to do. And in Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting with verse 2, it says, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these forty years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So God is telling the Israelites, I've brought you through the wilderness. I brought you through the desert. And even when you were hungry, I fed you. I gave you food. But even more than that, I brought you through all of this because I wanted you to learn that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So our ultimate satisfaction does not come from food. It does not come from these earthly things, but it comes from God something that Galatians five, twenty-four through twenty five says, Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit let us keep in step the Spirit. So here Paul reminds us that we're not even living for those ways anymore. All those fleshly desires and instant gratifications are mostly of our old selves. Like they're not even who we are anymore. And we're supposed to be throwing those off and living by the Spirit that Christ has given us. We're to be filled up on the Spirit, filled up on good things, be thinking of heavenly things, and be in the Spirit at all times. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 through 20 says do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit speaking to one another with psalms hymns and songs from the spirit sing and make music from your heart to the lord always giving thanks to god the father for everything in the name of our lord jesus christ so this is saying once again be filled with the spirit do not be filled with earthly things you know throw those things off run after who jesus is and keep your eyes focused on him To close out today's episode, I want to just read a few questions for us to kind of consider and think about as we close this episode. Some of those questions are, what am I filling my time with and what am I looking to satisfy me? Am I looking to the things of this world to satisfy me and make me happy? Or am I looking to Christ to fill me and to satisfy that eternity hole that is in my heart? What am I chasing after? What idols do I have in my life? What am I placing above God? Is Jesus good enough for me? Do I live one way? Do I say Jesus is good enough for me, but I actually live another way? What does my life actually say? Maybe after this episode, take a few minutes to write down a few ways where you think you might be struggling with this. The certain distractions that you know Satan is using to get you away from what God is calling you to do and to be is Jesus enough for you? And I just want to remind you one more time that Satan uses these things to distract us away from our ultimate purpose as Christians, which is to love others and point others back to Christ, to bring others into the kingdom of God. Satan wants to distract us away from all those things because he doesn't want to lose. He doesn't want God to. So he's using these things to distract you away. Friends, I just want to encourage you, I think we do live in a culture that is hungry and thirsty for God. I think there are so many people who are just searching and looking for something more, that just believe that there's got to be something more than what this world has to offer. I think everybody who's ever lived has thought that, but I think definitely in our Western society, there's so much fear, so much anxiety, so much stress, so much overwhelm, so much trauma, so much heartbrokenness that... I think we're all searching for something more. And friend, you have that good news. You have the answer to tell someone what is missing in their life. You can give them what they're searching for. No, it is not you specifically, but you have the answer to what they're looking for. And friend, if you don't tell them, who is? If you don't tell them the good news about Jesus, who is going to tell them? So as we close out tonight, friends, I just want to say a quick prayer for us. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that you bless us with. Lord, I thank you so much for the person on the other side that is listening to this today. God, I, I just pray for their hearts. Lord, I pray you would protect them from the enemy and the distractions that are coming against them. But Lord, I pray that you would reveal to them what it is that is distracting them from doing what you have called them to be and to do. Lord, I pray they would not turn to the things of this world to satisfy them or to make them happy. Lord, I pray they would see past the enemy in his schemes and his lies and say, no, that is a lure. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm going to listen to God because he alone can satisfy me. And that is what my heart is ultimately searching for. God, I pray they may see your goodness. I pray they may see your love and your mercy toward them. Lord, I pray they may just be simply in awe of who you are and your glory. Lord, I pray their hunger and thirst may be satisfied by you today. Lord, they would make Time to meet with you, that they would make time to drink from the well of living water and would be filled by your spirit, Lord. God, I pray for that person on the other side who has not yet made the decision to make that first step of accepting your salvation. Lord, I pray they would do that. I pray you would reveal it in your good time, Lord, and I pray that it might be just your great power that would be at work with inside them. Lord, I thank you that you are good and what you do is good, and it's in your great and awesome name I pray. Amen. All right, friends, that is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me on this wonderful adventure today. I pray that you have a great, safe, and healthy week ahead of you. And with all of that being said, my dear friends, keep fighting and keep your eyes on Jesus.